Welcome to episode 33 of the Web 2.0 show, Trail Fire. I'm Josh Owens. And I'm Chris Saylor. The Web 2.0 show profiles the... Uh, I screwed that up. I did not want to say honest. That's all right. <laughs> all right, you can trim that out. <laughs> and I'm Chris Saylor. The Web 2.0 show profiles people and technologies from Web 2.0. God. <laughs> I'm just I'm leaving sure it. I'm floor. leaving it all in at this point, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, week, <laughs> I'm trying to re. I'm trying to uh, to rewrite it on the fly because I want to eliminate that hottest. <laughs> all right, just. Well, I like the idea of hottest, so <laughs> please keep it in. We're the uh, we profile. We're like the Vogue of the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> this week we'll be interviewing John O'Halloran from Trailfire. Welcome to the show, John. Well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, interested to see how this goes. This is the first time I've done something quite like this uh, <laughs> over Skype uh, onto a podcast. Sounds sounds great to me. Yeah, we'll we'll be gentle. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> tell us about Trailfire, what it is, and uh, I, I guess how you got started with it. All right, great. Well, uh, Trailfire is. Uh, a technology that we've developed uh, that enables a user to create, uh, basically mark their path while they're browsing with notes and links. And uh, and, it, and the idea is is that you can place a sticky note on a web page that you find interesting, and then if you find another page that's related to that topic, you can give the note, put another note on it, uh, give it the same name, and it forms uh, a navigation path. And we call that a trail. And the idea is that you can use the trail to share your knowledge and ideas with others. And then uh, basically, uh, uh, there are two sides to our product, like with a, a blog. So there are those people who create trails. We call them guides. Then there are people who follow trails. Just like in the blogging world, they... Uh, there are many, many more followers to trails than there are creators of trails, uh, just as there are many readers of blogs uh, versus creators of blogs. So that's the general idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> all right. Um, so where do we all begin? Where did all this begin? Um, I actually like to tell you an interesting story because the genesis is uh, started out not with essentially this idea, but we wanted to come up with a way to empower people on the web in a way in which uh, you know, hadn't existed in the past. And um, the genesis of that really uh, started uh, back in the 1980s when I, I was an executive at a company called Aldis, which uh, was one of the inventors of desktop publishing. We had a product called PageMaker, which we sold to Adobe in the mid-90s. And the thing that struck me uh, and my partner, uh, Pat Farrell, who also uh, uh, worked at Aldis with me, is that we were uh, – desktop publishing empowered people in a way uh, that really made a difference. And, and, and what I mean by that is that for hundreds of years, back to Gutenberg, the uh, you know, publishing was something that only a specialist did. Uh, not everybody could print and publish a book. Uh, you had to go to, you know, Random House or somebody else like that, and they they would be your publisher, and you'd have to find somebody to print it, and so on. Long comes desktop publishing. Now anybody can publish, and so in a sense, 
publishing was democratized. And, uh, and then something really exciting happened. And I think it was 1988, though. It's been a long time now. But Boris Yeltsin was standing on the, on the uh, front step of the Russian White House holding up a document. And we heard from our uh, distributor in Moscow at the time that the new Russian constitution was, was created in PageMaker. And he was standing in there, and there's this great photo of him holding up the document with thousands and thousands of people out in Red Square. And, uh, you know, basically he's heralding the fall of the Soviet Union and announcing the formation of a new government. And that really struck us as something really powerful. Now, all of a sudden, you know, anybody, political parties, individuals can publish and they can do it very quickly. And they're now empowered. And what that represented was the democratization of publishing. And so we thought that that's a great idea. What, what if we could apply that to the web where, you know, publishing and the way in which information is organized and shared could be democratized in the sense of being put in the hands of individuals. Um, and so uh, the current generation of the web, uh, at least I, let me put it this way, the first generation of the web Everything was basically uh, published by a specialist for a site, and all of the information on that site was organized from the point of view of that publisher. So if you're shopping for a car and you go to Toyota, uh, they organize the Toyota site to sell you a car, and the information is presented there to put Toyota in the best possible light. Uh, and if you go to Google to search, they're going to index basically the main uh, sites that are out there that are about cars. And you're very likely, if you're searching for a car, uh, you put in Toyota, you're going to go to the Toyota homepage. And anyway, so everything is kind of organized from the point of view of the site publisher, and all of the algorithms in Google kind of lead you to, the, to that information basically that has been organized in that way. So our idea was to turn the web inside out and to empower anybody with a browser to make connections uh, between pages and to add their own commentary purely from their point of view and to make that searchable by anybody so that their knowledge can be shared freely on the web. That's actually kind of interesting because the Tim Berners-Lee um original vision of the web was more of a read-write web, not more like, you know, a top-down publishing. It was, it was definitely more in that vision. That's exactly right. In fact, he was influenced by a guy named Vannevar Bush, uh, who really kind of was our inspiration for this idea. Uh, Vannevar Bush uh, conceived of a product. He wrote an essay called As We May Think in, in 1945, and this is long before the Internet uh, you know, long before personal computing, uh, back in the days of ENIAC. Uh, and he, but anyway, so he was thinking really in the context of paper-based, you know, libraries and documents. He was an inventor and an engineer, and he was struck by the problem of going to the library and researching a topic and finding information scattered all over the place. And how do you tie it all together and then share it to somebody with somebody else so that all your research and knowledge is now discoverable. At any rate, he, cre he, he conceived of a product called Memex, and in it he coined a term called trails. And uh, a trail, 
for in his lexicon was a uh, a trail of linked and annotated pages. But in his mind, he was thinking of a paper-based world. And so we took that idea and applied it to the web. And so what our product is, is essentially, and, and back to your point about uh, Berners-Lee, we wanted to do it not only on the web, but from the point of view of the individual uh, who has a browser and that, where, that they could do it anywhere they go and that they could capture any knowledge anywhere and share it with anybody. Hmm. Cool. So um, what types of technology did you use to create uh, Trailfire? Well, uh, the, so Trailfire, let me, let me explain uh, some basic uh, principle about Trailfire so that uh, some of this will make sense. First of all, you don't need a browser extension to follow a trail. We, uh, each trail has its own unique URL, so you can click on it, and the URL, and it will take you to a web page. So, for example, it will take you to the Toyota web page. And uh, you can see a mark that someone left there by following that magic URL. Uh, so no, no uh, browser extension is necessary. If you want to make a trail, however, you do need a, a browser extension. And we currently support uh, IE and Firefox. The technology for displaying marks is basically in JavaScript and Ajax. And all of that is communicating to a hosted service that's based on LAMP, a LAMP platform. Cool. Now, do you, uh, do you have a team of developers, or did you outsource that? Uh, so I've been in the software industry uh, quite a long time. I, uh, my partner and I, uh, I was a business guy, set up a lot of what is the foreign subsidiary network of Adobe, uh, my partner, uh, Pat Farrell, was an engineer there. He later formed a company called Daily Planet, which he sold to Microsoft. And his team uh, formed the core team that built MSN in the early days uh, in the mid-'90s. Uh, we then recruited some local engineers, mostly colleagues of ours who have worked at various companies here in the Seattle area. And uh, there are nine of us now. Um, five developers, program manager, QA person, and a marketing person. Now, you mentioned that you can use the product without the Firefox extension. What, uh, what do you gain when you install that extension? Well, the idea is that we want, if knowledge is to be shared freely, it needs to be accessible to all without any special software. That was one of our principles. And so that's a key point of, of our product. The extension allows you to uh, place a mark on a trail and create a, create a trail. And a trail is formed by putting, once you put a mark on one page and then go to another page, and if you say, gee, this page is related to, you know, I'm shopping for a car. I put a mark on the Toyota page. I put one on the Honda page, one on the Ford page. If I, if I give each of the marks the same name, like hybrid car, uh, then all three of them are automatically linked together. The extension enables you to do that. Now, is that only inside of an author, or will it link across authors if it's given the same name? Uh, currently, a single author can make a trail, but we you know, ultimately see lots of different ways in which this could work. Uh, but one of the features we're announcing at a demo uh, is that you can place a comment in anybody's mark. And within that, you can put a URL for another trail, so trails can intersect with one another. So even though a trail, currently the way it works, even though an author can only wait, 
create uh, the trail, uh, you can intersect your trail with another author, and you can have multiple trails intersect through the commenting feature. So essentially, it's a user-created web. And the idea is that the web that is created by the users is uh, basically all around a topic of whatever the trail or the commentary discussion is, and that that web is all something that can be shared and discovered by anybody, uh, and it can even be discovered by finding it in Google. So does your, uh, does your extension use GreaseMonkey, or how do you guys kind of insert the content right onto no, that No, we don't use GreaseMonkey, though uh, our, there's some similarities to the way in which they've developed that technology to ours. Um, but ours is a completely homegrown technology uh, uh, or product based on a similar technology. Do you have plans on bringing that uh, cross-platform to, like, uh, Internet Explorer? It already works on IE. Oh, uh, yeah, so we, we support IE and Firefox. And, you know, in the future, we'll add Safari and Opera and others. Um, now, actually, have, you, um, now, have you heard of, um, this is pretty obscure, but uh, have you heard of a, um, a little program called uh, Hoodwinked? No, I, I haven't. In fact, uh, I was looking on the web for something like that, and I didn't even find it when I went to look for it. So It's, um, it's extremely obscure. There's a Ruby programmer. Um, no one knows his real name. He's just known by, as Why the Lucky Stiff. <laughs> and he wrote a, uh, a, it's actually a proxy that you run on your computer that filters your web content. So instead of a browser extension, it's actually a proxy mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that rewrites the content. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it, so I really can't comment. <laughs> so do you guys get a lot of user feedback from, from your community? And uh, how, yeah, how do you so factor that in when you're, I guess, Well, it's everything to us. We, um, we launched a, a beta. We had what we call a soft launch, meaning we didn't invest much in marketing. We put the product out in late August, early September. And the whole purpose of that was to garner enough users so that we could, we could then basically finish the product with, with much more user input than we had in the earlier phase of development. In the earliest phase of development, I you know, basically went on to Craigslist and brought in people in our target demographic and asked them to look at the product. They gave us feedback. But at that time, the product wasn't really finished. And you know, feedback by looking at it is different than feedback you get when people use it. So we went into beta. Uh, we got a good number of users, and you know, we talked to them. We called them up on the phone, and we gave them web demos and... Uh, of new features and ask them if they like an implementation this way or that way or what, you know, basically did focus groups. And, uh, and so the product that we're about to launch has a, uh, a lot, quite a bit of user, you know, user feedback really was the driving force behind it. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, now, you guys took uh, $2 million in VC funding. Um, can you elaborate on why you decided to take VC versus, uh, you know, bootstrapping yourself? Well, I mean, it, the best way you can bootstrap is if you're, you know, two engineers and you agree to work for a couple of years without any money. Um, True. But, uh, you know, I hired some staff because we wanted to build a world-class product and we thought we couldn't really do that in a pure bootstrap mode. You know, we wanted QA um, equipment. We need to build a data center. Uh, and, um, you know, and... and 
there's two sides to this product. We needed we needed some people to work on the client. We need some people to work on the server. And you know, it's pretty hard for two guys in a garage to build a complete, robust, scalable system. Um, you know, on a shoestring. So we went to the local uh, VC community, and um, I had a successful track record. This is my third startup, uh, and they. Uh, basically, we told them our idea, and they they wrote us a check. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty unusual, actually. I guess just because you have all those uh, previous startups. <clears throat> um, well, the older you get, the less unusual it is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably very true. So, how many servers do you guys have on the back end to support all this? Do you, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know offhand. Uh, I don't do that. My partner does that. But, uh, you know, there's probably, you know, <laughs> there's a scalable data center. My partner built the foundation of MSN, so he understands what that means. And so, there, are, you know, we're set up with load balancing and fault tolerance. So if one fails, it will shift to another. So it's not two servers in somebody's garage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that is what, what I think Seinfeld would say, right? Yeah. Really. <laughs> so, uh, have you guys run into any problems or backlash with with uh, people leaving comments on a site, and maybe the site gets irate about it? Like we didn't really authorize this content. Have you run into that at all? Well, first of all, the comments don't go on the site; they appear in somebody's browser. Right. And you don't you don't see them, so there's two ways to discover a mark. That's what we call our, our sticky notes. It's a it's a mark, and and uh, so one way to discover it is you have to follow. You, you don't have the browser extension, and you click on a URL, and that URL takes you to the to the page that we proxy, and then it displays an overlay of the note within your browser. Right, so it's not on the web page. It looks like it is, but it but it's basically appearing in in the person's browser. They didn't they didn't see that by arriving, for example, at Toyota.com. They saw that by maybe coming to Trailfire.com and getting a unique URL that took them to that page. That sounds very right. much like um, like hitting a cache page in Google, because I, I actually did yeah. notice that when I was at Trailfire's website, where it throws a little frame at the top. And then, and then you can see the. Um, yeah, well, that that frame is put there because one of the challenges we had with this technology is that the uh, user would see these marks and not realize that a human being that wasn't associated with that site put it there, mm-hmm. right? So we put that header, that frame in there to say, "Here's what this is that you're looking at," no, and, and actually, you can, uh, yeah, that which is like the Google one, but in our case, you can. Hit the hide permanently button, and you'll never see that again. That's cool. Now, it's actually this is very similar concept to um, to what Third Voice did back in 1999. Mm-hmm. But they back then they actually got. Um, it, it, I guess it was less obvious mm-hmm. that it, that it wasn't the actual owners, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing for these these comments, right. and they got right. a lot of backlash. Yeah. Um, so for, so for these comments. Right and. Uh, since I don't never saw Third Voice, I only have only heard secondhand how it worked, and so I can't tell you how our, how you would compare ours to theirs exactly. Uh, but 
let me finish what I was going to say. There are two ways to, for you to see a mark with Trailfire. One is by clicking URL, we proxy the page and we overlay it, uh, the mark on the page. The other way is if you have our extension, you can go to the page. Let's say now you're, 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 you have the Trailfire extension, you go to the Toyota page, you can select a feature that says show all marks. And then we'll show you, we have a filter in there, and we'll show you the last five that were put there. And and then you press a button and they go away. Um, you know, so what we are doing is providing more filters and, you know, different ways in which you see these marks uh, that would are less likely to cause a lot of, it won't allow the user to put a lot of graffiti out there. Mm-hmm. and will allow the user to filter out a bunch of junk that they didn't want to see. Yeah. I mean, I did uh, play with it for for quite a while, and um, it was pretty obvious that, you know, it's 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 trail fire. It's not like, you know, yeah. it's not someone else's website. I, I, I don't see, you know, problems with that. Right, that, so the brand know. is in there that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we'll do other things. So far, you know, I think... You know, we've only been out in a beta for a short period of time, so we have not gotten a lot of... Uh, I haven't gotten any backlash, but I think that, uh, you know, clearly as this thing becomes more popular, you know, I, it's hard to say how various people are going to react. Uh, mm-hmm. There is something disruptive about this kind of technology, and anytime something is disruptive, uh, there are some people who like the change and others who don't. Right. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed some of the guided tours, like... Uh, like- like clicking on, you know, especially some of the cool links where you, you know, the, like some of the cool trails, and that actually take you through different websites, um, to some, you know, different cool videos or, or interactive right. things on the web. It definitely right. It's a way to guide people to things that you like, yeah. so mm-hmm. or that you know about. Yeah, I can definitely see something like um, I, once again, <laughs> gonna mention Thirty Seven Signals. <laughs> oh man! But uh, they do a post like every week where they talk about screens around town. And uh, they usually try to highlight a feature on a page or a particular um, UI functionality that makes a lot of sense in a web page. And I could really see them utilizing something like this where they can annotate the page and you can click through them. And then at the end of the trail, you end up back at the blog post or something. Right. There there are a lot of applications for this. We've had school teachers uh, contact us and say that they're using it to show their students, you know, reading materials and information that relates to a lecture that they gave at school. Um, We've had uh, another application of people planning a trip, um, you know, saying, you know, let's go skiing at Whistler. I recommend, you know, we're going to stay at the Westin Hotel. We're going to eat at this Italian restaurant in the village. I'll meet you at Mid-Mountain at uh, 4 o'clock, and you put a mark on each of the pages of those locations, and you don't have to make that public. You can keep that trail private, send it to your friend, and now they've got a record of, you know, basically the trip you're about to take. Um, Definitely cool stuff. So there's a lot of different applications for it. Yeah. So normally, at this point in the interview, we'd ask people if they have any super secret information, but I actually think you, you have some super secret information for us. Yeah, so we're uh, okay. So we've got a number of things that are new. Um, so, first of all, we are combining web annotation with social discovery. So, our, our, you know, our, our, the product that's out there on the web is you know a far car- cry from that. So, we have a brand new website that is uh, 
organized by categories and has a variety of ways in which you can discover trails. Uh, we are enabling users to add their own comments within a mark, so you can't see that on the current site. Hmm. Um, what that means is I can place a mark on the on a web page, and then you can come along without the extension and say, ask me a question or make a comment within the mark that I leave there. So in a sense, the discussion is taken off of a web, you know, off of the out of the silo and placed out onto the web, really onto any web page, and it's put in context with a topic of discussion because the mark is maybe over on a page, you know, related to the topic. Uh, so commenting in a mark is new. Uh, we've added a number of interfaces to third-party sites so that you can place a mark on a page and post it to Dig. You can post it to Delicious, to Google Notes, or My Yahoo. Uh, that's new. We've changed the way in which you can navigate in a trail. You can either follow it sequentially or you can now jump to any mark in a trail. Um, we've we're introducing what we call four vectors of discovery. This is, I think, what makes us different than, than Dig, Clipmarks, or really any of the other social discovery engines. Um, you know, we have what we have in common is that our our, our site, Trailfire.com, is a uh, is a, is like a portal, like many of these other sites, organized by categories. Uh, we. Our product, and it, because each trail has its own unique URL, a trail can be posted anywhere and discovered anywhere. So you can embed a link uh, for a URL uh, for a trail in a blog, or you can post it to Dig, or really any other place on the web where you can post a URL, you can post a trail. Um, the third vehicle of discovery we call In the Wild. This is our own idea, <laughs> and uh, you need the extension for this, and this you select a to do this you select a feature called show all marks and when you're on any page you can see if anybody else has placed a mark on that page so you can discover things while you're browsing you don't have to go to the search engine to our portal or any place else you can do it wherever you are hmm. and then the fourth one is that we've created a home page for each trail uh, which is indexed in the search engine so you can go to Google for example um, you know, I think this one will work if you type it in. You type in LimeWire sites, and in the search results, you'll see a trail. And so what this means is people will find uh, trails um, just like they would any other web page. But unlike a web page, you've got a collection of, web of related web pages combined with the human knowledge embodied in the comments in, those, in the marks in the trail. So there are four ways, on trailfire.com, anywhere a trail URL is posted, uh, in the wild while browsing with the, our extension, and in, in search engines. So all of these things are new. Yeah, the search engine part sounds really cool because that will actually allow people, you know, users to, to, to find these. Right. You know, it's so, much easier. Right. So let's say if you, if you do some research on... Uh, uh, let's say, you know, I'm sorry for the example, but I'm, I live in the Northwest and I'm a skier. So, you know, I, I'm a self-proclaimed expert on skiing in the Northwest and I happen to know the best runs and the hotels and, you know, places to eat and so on at all the ski resorts. So if I, if I create a trail uh, for 
going to Whistler, I can tell you exactly where to stay and which section of the of the hotel, which hotel, which section, which restaurant, what to eat. Once I create a trail of that, you can search in Google, and if you find that, you find a a package of information, all with my knowledge attached to it. Um, that's pretty powerful, and at some point, that that kind of information may become more important than the, going to the actual web page uh, that doesn't have that commentary attached to it. Now, have you guys seen any um, seen people use this for um, like ratings, like uh, like you know either on a product or on you know someone's service, where they go in and say, "Oh, hey, I didn't get good service here," or you know, um, you know, this yeah, is the... yeah. So they can do that, and we're adding actually a rating function to trails as well, uh, which I neglected to mention. Uh, hmm. So the idea is that trails themselves are rated for quality, and then the trails may comment on the quality of the web pages they're associated with. So it's a filter on top of a filter, if you will. Hmm, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, was there anything else you wanted to, to mention here before we wrap up, John? Well, I, I first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me. I, I think the big thing here is that any time there is a new technology, in this case, this is a new way to use the web, we need vehicles such as yours to tell the world that you can now do something like this. You know, and I, I'm not saying that just for the benefit of our own product, but we want to see a category established and the world to understand that you can now uh, do something you couldn't do before. And so you guys are doing a great service to, to help get the word out. So thank you much. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Have a good one, John. Turn your turn, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hello, guys. <laughs> we should put our initials back in. We can trim all this out. Straight to life.